Welcome, welcome to the 22nd episode of the Naturally Ever After podcast. My name is Nidia Guiti, and by profession, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. In this podcast, I share tips on how to build confidence as you transition and maintain your natural hair by way of sharing my own story, per usual. <laughs> I firmly, firmly believe that mindset and perspective shifts how we think and feel about ourselves. So in this 22nd episode of the Naturally Ever After podcast is my anniversary episode. An anniversary episode as in on November 12th of 2021, I celebrated my 14-year natural hairversary. Um, it's been an interesting 14 years for sure. So I can't even remember... Um, that day because it was actually when I got my last relaxer. So I was at the University of Vermont my junior year and my lawn sister Romaine um, relaxed my hair. And I just remember like prior to getting my hair relaxed at that time, I think I went like maybe two months. No, like maybe like three or four. Well, let's say three and a half, like three and a half months going on four months without a relaxer. And I was getting ready to lose my mind at this point. Like I had all this new growth and a part of me liked what I saw. But the reason why I went back and got a relaxer was because at the time my boyfriend was coming up to Vermont that weekend and I wanted I wanted my hair done and I didn't know what to do with the hair that I had at the time. So I caved in, got a relaxer. And then was just like, I really liked the hair that I saw grow. And I was curious to see what that process would be like if I could hold out longer and not get a relaxer. Long story long, after that weekend, I grew my hair back out. Um, And I want to say going into the summer, I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I'm not very clear on how this is going to look, but I'm going to make my best effort to not get a relaxer so that my hair can actually grow out. So what I did was that I got braids and that was helpful and it was cool, but still not something that felt in alignment because I wash my hair, I want to say on average, like every week to every week and a half-ish. So like we're talking about that seven to nine day mark. Somewhere around there, I'm washing my hair. Whether it was a relaxed or when my hair was relaxed, I was doing the same thing. When I was transitioning, same thing. As someone with natural hair now, same thing. Even when I had locks, (laughs) I was wanting to wash my hair that often, especially in the beginning stages. Um, In times that I've worn a weave, same thing. Wigs are more forgiving because, again, you can always snatch it on and put it back on. So I feel like I've, I've found my, my happy space with wigs um, at this point because of what I am able to do when I get to that seven to nine day window where I'm not wanting to wash my hair for whatever reason. So where was I with this? Let me pause and come back. So I'm back. <laughs> So anniversary episode, I was just like, where was I going with this? So as I celebrate 
these past 14 years and the things that I've learned, I've created a list of 14 things that these past 14 years has taught me about my natural hair journey. So I want to share this list because it was interesting. Number one, creating it. And then I was thinking of like stories that come with each point. And at first I started with patience, which I want to circle back to. And I want to start with the, I'm going to start backwards instead of what I initially started with. Because as I was creating this list, I was like, ah, okay, yeah, this is important. That is important. And as I started to get more comfortable and like really, really reflecting on what these past 14 years have been like and what I actually learned, I was more honest towards the end than I was at the beginning. So I think it's appropriate to start at number 14. So number 14, celebrate all of your wins in your natural hair journey. Be your own hype, beloved. Be your own hype. How you speak to yourself matters. And I, I want to start there because I can think back to times, especially at the beginning of my natural hair journey, where like I was just not hitting the mark. Like, <laughs> I just wasn't. Like, if I was able to flat iron my hair to, again, blend the natural hair with the relaxed hair that I had at the time, and it, it, let's say it worked out well one day and then the next day it didn't. And the day after that, it didn't. And like, let's say maybe four consecutive days is just like not the best hair day. The things I would say to myself, I would never say to myself now. I just wouldn't. And I feel like the, the pivoting point was when I realized number one, what I was saying, because now other people were repeating it. And number two, realizing that that path wasn't going to get me to my ultimate goal. It just wasn't. Like, there's no, it, it, it would have been a long 14 years had I, had I kept the same mindset that I initially had when I was starting in my natural hair journey. Saying things to myself like, oh, my hair is ugly, or, uh, this shit don't look good, or, you know, my hair is this, my hair is that, or I wish it was blank, or I wish it was this. And we've all done it. And I'm not going to sit up here and act like I've never said these things to myself. So if this is the phase where you are, I invite you to start speaking to yourself and about yourself in a very loving way, whatever that means for you. So if you are um, wondering, well, what exactly is loving? Check in, check in with yourself. Was the statement that you said, did it feel loving to you? Is that the way that you receive information? Would you be okay if someone else spoke to you in that way? And whatever emotion that invokes in you, if the answer is yes, okay, then continue doing it because it works for you. But if the answer is no, start exploring different ways in which you can speak to yourself in a more kind and loving way. Because this is one of the things that is going to make this process a little bit easier. And I'll give an example. Um, you're with yourself all of the time. You can't outrun your thoughts. You can't outrun yourself. I've tried. And if you've tried and been unsuccessful, welcome to the club. <laughs> but while we are present with ourselves, our emotions, our thoughts, and the behaviors that result from those thoughts, 
I want you to think about what would be the easiest way for you to be present with yourself in a way that supports you in your overall goal. So the example that comes to mind is like the rain. I'm a fan of the rain. I love when it's pouring rain outside, whether I'm in it, watching it. I love, 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 love the rain. Everybody's not a fan. And your experience of the rain will be very, very different depending on the position that you're in. So if you go out into the rain and you don't have rain boots, a raincoat, and an umbrella, good luck. Good luck. Your perspective of the rain and how you experience it is going to be very different if you have a raincoat, rain boots, and an umbrella. Your perception of the experience is very, very different. So as I think about how we speak to ourselves and how I've learned to speak to myself in a loving and kind way, I now have more energy and I have the bandwidth to face the challenging times when they have come when they've been present, and the ones that are to come simply because of how I speak to myself. Simply because how I speak to myself. And I thought it was important to start with this one. If you, if you don't even pay attention to the other 13, how you speak to yourself matters. So be kind and be loving. Number 13, protective styles help. And <laughs> there's an asterisk on this. And you have to take care of your hair underneath, sis. You have to. A protective style helps. And it's also not an excuse to not take care of your hair underneath. And I've learned this the hard way, especially at the beginning of my natural hair journey. So like I shared, when I start relaxing my hair, um, I then decided to like really, really try to not go back to a relaxer. But because at the time I didn't know what I was doing, I felt like, okay, well, if I just put some braids on and keep them in for a while, you know, and I could, I could braid my hair. So I was able to like redo my braids on my edges and like fix it and do, do things in between visits so I can extend how long I can keep the braids. Now, what I learned was that when I keep my braids in for too long, um, I'm neglecting my hair or I was neglecting my hair at the time. And what exactly is neglect? I, I had not been deep conditioning. I had not been keeping up with my trims. And I was relying too much on braids where I was neglecting the health of my natural hair. So by the time I would take off the braids, like chunks of hair were coming out. And it was just like, oh, well, my hair's falling out. This natural thing is not working. And it's just like, mm, reframe that. What? How was this style helpful? One, what could you have done to maintain the integrity and the health of your hair while you had this protective style um, were things that I then learned later in life. So number 13, protective styles help, but be mindful to take care of your hair underneath. Something else that I wanted to add to that, um, wigs, baby, wigs, wigs have been a game changer. And I want to share something about wigs in the sense of what has worked for me. So when I started this podcast, I was talking about that seven to nine day window where I suddenly want to wash my hair. When I have braids, that's not helpful because depending, well, if it's box braids, it could work. But if it's a style, no, you really can't wash your hair at that time. Otherwise, your hair will fuzz up and it's not going to match the the extension hair and it's going to not, it's, it's just, it's just not going to be well. But with wigs, you can snatch those things off and put them back on. So for me, in that seven to nine day window, 
if I want to refresh my hair, if I want to wash it, or if I just want to do something completely different. It's cost effective if I just want to snatch the wig off, but I can also wash my hair, which is something that's authentic to myself. So what I love about finding protective styles that work for me is that I can still, again, be in alignment with what works for me, which is that seven to nine day window where I, I, for me, it's important to wash my hair and have the option to have a protective style that can keep my hair that can keep my hair safe, especially now during the winter months while it's starting to get cold. Um, in this protective style as well, I would even add head wraps um, as a way to like just diversify ways in which I can cover, keep my hair covered um, and feel cute. So that's number 13. Number 12, surround yourself with people that embrace you and your goals. This is so, so important. Let's unlearn this notion that, oh, I don't care what people say or I don't care what anybody thinks about me. We both we both know, all of us listening to this know that that's a lie. So let's start with being honest first. It's okay not to care about what everybody thinks. I think that statement is true. I, I don't necessarily care what everybody thinks, but I do care what some people think. And some people could be people that um, people that are important to you in your life, like my sister, Emily. I care about what she thinks. My mother, I care about what my mother has to say. And so forth and so forth, whatever that means for you. So it could be your, your spouse. It could be your partner. It could be um, friends. It could be peers, whatever that means for you. Um, now, some people... And when we talk about relationships, it can get a little bit muddy because everyone's everyone's dynamic and everyone's way of relating to other people looks different. So I'll just speak about myself. Um, in my experience, surrounding myself with people who support my goals has been important because what it has helped me learn is that the people that are for me are for me and the people that are not are not. And the people that are not in alignment with my goal, that doesn't necessarily make them a hater. Let me just say that. Just because someone doesn't support what you're doing at any given moment doesn't mean that they're hating on you. They may be misinformed. And you may very well be the first person that they're um, interacting with that goes against whatever that initial thought that they had. So I think that this is an opportunity to educate if you're open to show other people that there is another way to do things. And I remember earlier on in my journey, I came up against a lot of resistance and got defensive too. Ooh, I was sensitive. And I should have been because it did hurt my feelings. Like those experiences were rough. And what I learned too was that I was not doing what most people were doing then. Like think about it. Like in 2007, Instagram wasn't what it was. Facebook wasn't what it was. There were not these natural hair online communities um, that were accessible in the way that they are now in 2021. They just weren't. So unless I was already around people that had natural hair in the way that I wanted to achieve or attain, I was by myself. And it's not to say that those resources didn't exist. They just weren't accessible to me in the way that they are now. So the people that were around me were my community. And if they weren't 
pouring into me or in alignment with what I wanted at the time, it felt like it felt it was painful. It was. So learning how to um, reestablish boundaries was huge. Um, Speak up for whatever emotion I was experiencing at the time. And then learning discernment, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that I needed to cut off those relationships, but I could and did limit um, the frequency of how often I was available to certain people simply because it was important to me that number one, if I was going to start speaking to myself in a more loving way, then I needed to also be intentional about surrounding myself with people that are loving. Number, what number are we on? Oh, number 11, remain a student, allow yourself to learn new things, allow yourself to learn something new. So the story that comes to mind is um, the most recent episode of the Naturally Ever After podcast, number 21. Um, I interviewed my hairstylist, Shar Dreis, based in Atlanta. If you are in the Atlanta area and you need your hair done, hit her up. I'm going to add her Instagram link to the description of this episode. At that point, when Shar moved to Atlanta, of course, it, it was the 13-year mark. Well, 13 and a half-year mark, because this was over the summer. And she taught me how to do a twist out. And it's not that I didn't know how to do one, but the way in which I was doing the twist out wasn't... It wasn't complementing the haircut that I currently have or my hair texture. So when you see things on YouTube or like whatever online platform... I think that it's a good source of information in which it's a reference and it's a possible guide, but it speaks nothing to the hair texture that you have and the technique that's going to yield the result that you're looking for. So um, being able to sit in her chair and not, oh, but I know that, or no, 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 but this is how I do it, her to death was huge because what it taught me was pause and listen, listen to what's being said and listen and pay attention to this technique that you are unfamiliar with because it might teach you something. It's not even might, it will teach you something. It will teach you something so that you can get closer to the goal that you want for yourself. And I think that having that lesson, especially so recent, um, reminded me of how much I really don't know, how much there is, how many more opportunities of growth are available to me. And I would even add to that my willingness to remain open. Because it's one thing to say like, oh, you know, I'm open-minded. I'm an open person. But like when opportunities come up to challenge that, are you, are you noticing them? Are you taking these opportunities for growth? Because if the answer is no, then you're just really saying fluff. But when you are, when you're professing your values and you're living in your values consistently, then this is where the growth comes. So I'm saying this all to say, learn new things and allow yourself to, to remain a student of life. Number 10, follow a seasonal regimen, follow a seasonal hair regimen. 
So your hair needs different things throughout the year. So I don't have something specific for the summer. I don't have anything specific for the spring or for the fall or the winter. So the way that I divide it and the way that works for me is um, summer, spring, and then fall, winter. And I like that because number one, it keeps it simple. Warmer months, cooler months. Um, But my needs are different. In the summer, I can do wash and goes. I'm more comfortable having twist outs. I can, you know, keep my hair in a pineapple. Uh, There's just more flexibility in the winter months in ways that I need to strategize and plan for the fall and the winter in ways I don't have to in the summer and the fall because it's easier for me. Now for you, it might be easier in the winter. And if that works for you, cool, but that's not me. So in the summer and in the fall is easier for me. I can do wash and goes, like I mentioned, twist outs and all that jazz. But in the winter is where I struggle. And one of the things that I learned over the 14 years, and I want to say that I've, I've, I've recently got better at my winter or my cooler month hair regimen in the past year. Like literally in the past year, I got better at this so that I can, number one, retain moisture in the colder months. Um, find ways where I can use protective styles where I am retaining length because my hair gets so dry in the winter and I hadn't necessarily had, I, I, I didn't figure out early on what worked well for me in the winter. So what would typically happen is that um, over the spring and the summer, everything would be great. My hair is growing, it's getting longer, I'm excited. And then it starts to get colder. I'm trying to figure things out. But while I'm figuring while I'm figuring things out, my hair is getting drier. My hair is falling out. Um, I'm not retaining as much length. And whatever I gained in the warmer months, by the time it's warm again, I'm now having to kind of not necessarily start from scratch, but sometimes it feels like I'm right back where I started. So I will grow just enough. And then I'm having the hair that I I, I thought I had, I'm now, I lost because my winter or the, the, the regimen that I had during the cooler months, um, wasn't effective. So now I'm in a space where it's like, okay, last winter was good. I I had a headband wig, which I'm probably going to buy another one. And going back to that seven to eight day window, when I, the desire to wash my hair or the need to wash my hair would come about, I could do that. And it didn't feel like, um, I wasted money or I had to go back to get my hair done because I was able to maintain the hairstyle or the protective style that I had at the time. I would wash the wig, wash my hair, moisturize my ends, moisturize my scalp, and put that wig right back on. I had different headbands, and I I got through the winter. And by the time I went to visit my stylist, I was like, okay, this is a lot of length. So I'm going to duplicate that for the winter of 2021 and see what spring 2020 what spring 2022 has in store for me i'm excited that feels like a good place to transition to number nine so number nine is get trims on the cadence it is so important for you to trim cut your ends now my stylist so i have two hairstylists one in new york and one here in atlanta both of them i I guess met at the same place, but needless to say, they both say the same thing. You should be getting your hair trimmed quarterly. You should. Now, you know your hair more than anyone, so 
what quarterly looks like for you or when those months correspond with whatever your schedule is, that's your schedule. Um, I know of people that don't do quarterly trims. They might cut their hair or trim their ends maybe three times a year instead of the four or sometimes even twice a year. Regardless of what that frequency looks like for you within a year time frame, make sure that it's something that you are able to upkeep consistently. And part of the reason why I say this is because I've been natural for four years and I've been at the same length for most of it. It's like my hair will grow, I will cut it or just decide that I want to start all over or do something different, which is completely fine. But when we talk about length retention, part of the reason why in the natural hair journey, it is so hard to retain length is because trims are not happening often enough. Going, it, it's it's the conversation. And I think that this is probably another podcast episode, the conversation between like um, hair health and hair length. Just because it's long doesn't mean it's healthy. And sometimes we hold on to things. And this is, again, another podcast conversation um, with a deeper meaning of like just letting go of things. Being able to like, you know, this, this can go or this has to go. And getting to a space where you're letting go of dead ends before, you know, it has to, be, it has to then become a haircut because we waited too long to get what we needed. Shout out to this list because it's really flowing, which brings me to number eight. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> but on my list, what I wrote was all of the hair products, all of the things that you've been accumulating for so many years. Let it go. Let go of what you don't use. So in addition to getting trims on a cadence, which I think it is important, um, we have to also look at the things that we've accumulated over the years, depending on where you are in your journey. And letting go of what you're not using, letting go of what's not working. So one of the ways that has helped me um, let go of things is by giving it away, gifting it to people. On my business page, Miss Guiti LCSW, I've done a few giveaways where when I have extra of things, I give it away. It's important to get into the practice of letting go because then when change comes about, whatever that change is, you're able to move through it quicker. Notice how I said move through it quicker. It doesn't mean that it gets easier, but the length of time that it once took me to process a change, it, it feels like a blink of an eye now. I mean, it's not technically a blink of an eye, but it's not the, the amount of time that it would have taken me to ease into something different. Um, in the way that it does now. It's like significantly faster. Number seven, you don't need to buy everything. I feel like number seven was a crucial, crucial lesson in these past 14 years. And I feel like I probably learned that, like for real learned that lesson last year in 2020. Yeah, in 2020, I learned that I didn't need to buy everything. <laughs> because let me say this. If you've been following um, me, if you've been a faithful listener of the Naturally Ever After podcast, you will learn that when it comes to my hair, there's no budget or there hasn't been for a long time. There's no budget. Anything my hair needs, I'm getting. I am. I And this is coming from the person that used to fly to New York for my hair appointment because this is before Char moved to Atlanta. It just felt like, you know, if it wasn't at H2 Salon, it wasn't going to be done right. So we're not just talking about 
the hair appointment, we're talking about the flight, we're talking about lodging, we're talking about expenses while I'm there. Like, but it, but because, and I justified it in my head because it was what I needed. At the time, it makes sense, but generally speaking, there was just things that I didn't have to do. And there's, there were places where I could have been more conservative with finances um, had I had more discipline about what I actually needed. Well, number one, identifying what's a need versus a want and whether or not the want that I have needed to be met in, at any given moment. So when you get to a space where you learn that you do not have to buy everything, I think that we shift our mindset of like, you know, being a natural is expensive. Like these products cost a lot of money. And it's like, well, is it a cost or is it an investment? And what is the return on the said investment that you have at this time? So for me, flying to New York initially felt like an expense because, um, or a high cost rather, because of what other people around me were saying. Like, oh, well, that's ridiculous. Why are you flying to New York to do that when there's stylists in Atlanta? And it's like, you're right. There are stylists in Atlanta, but at the time, these weren't stylists that were meeting the needs that I needed. So for me, it was important to just go back home and go where I know is going to be done well so that I'm not then having to repair um, a mistake or, or shit, losing hair at this point because I'm now having to start from scratch, which has happened before. And if you're listening to this and this has happened to you as well, you know yourself more than anyone. So I'm not here to to judge what you do for your hair and what works for you. Um, but it is my, I think that it is important to just have a conversation about revisiting what what's an expense and what's an investment and areas in which you can be more conservative financially because the reality is that you don't need to do everything. Everything doesn't need to be purchased or everything doesn't have to be a natural hair purchase per se. And I'll give an example of ways in which I feel like I've improved in this area of like really learning to be disciplined and not having to buy everything. I used to go to the beauty supply store just to go. (laughs) And that's not a good idea. It's really not. If you don't know what you want from there, you don't know that or, or if you don't, if there's not something specific that you need, the beauty supply store is not just somewhere that you go for the sake of going because Easily, you can spend a th- uh, not a, well, yeah, I mean, to an extent, a thousand dollars, but like at least a hundred dollars with just products that you may possibly want to try. In a way that I was able to offset the cost, where I was still able to explore, because this is also part of the natural hair journey, where you're trying out products and a lot of it is trial and error. But finding a way to do that in a cost-effective way for me was helpful. So. I was introduced to Curlbox around the time that the company started a little over 10 years ago at this point. And the CEO, um, Miley Teal, which I think that that business brand and idea is brilliant because you get to try um, the spectrum of natural hair products from big brands to up to startup brands and up and up and coming natural hair brands and really just try products to see if they work for you. And if they do great, now you can go buy the full size products. But if you don't, at least you tried it and you didn't break the bank doing it. So when you learn um, what works for your hair, then you can now make the intentional investment on products that are healthy for you. Number six, have fun. Have fun, have fun, have fun. One of the things that I learned in these past 14 years, especially once I got the lesson, 
Um, and I feel like the lesson, it wasn't like this defining moment where it's like, okay, I, I should have fun in my natural hair journey. I want to say that there were like small moments where like the message got louder, more consistent, and I noticed it more. So one of the things that I used to do when my hair was chemically straightened was that I used to avoid water like the plague. Like once I got my hair done, whether I did it myself or went to the shop, like my hair could not get wet. And like I would have, it was to the point that I had head scarves um, and a shower cap in my bag at all times, just so in case it rained and I didn't have an umbrella or in case it rained um, and I was in a space where I couldn't cover my hair or be covered that I had that enough to protect my hair. So it's like a lot. <laughs> That's a lot to um like what I think of is stay ready so you don't have to get ready, which I think is a good mantra to have. And in that, it's like you're always on edge. So like the memory that comes to mind for me now, just as I think about that. So in undergrad, so like I shared, my last relaxer was in 2007. So at this point, we're like in 2008, going towards 2009. So I'm approaching my senior year in undergrad. And, you know, at this point, like I'm a year and a half ish in into the natural hair game. And I remember I had a twist out and it looked like it was going to rain that day. I had an umbrella. I'm like, okay, no big deal. And I was coming back on campus and where I was before I left my umbrella there. But like what felt different was that my body reached for a, a scarf and shower cap that I no longer was carrying with me. But then it was just like, oh, okay, well, I'll figure it out. It didn't feel like the the typical, oh shit, my hair is fucked up. Like, what am I going to do? What the feeling then became was, it's just water and I'm going to be fine. And the ease that came from that moment I'm pausing just thinking about it because it had just been so different from what I was conditioned to do to keep my hair protected, or at least what I thought was keeping my hair protected. It created more chaos than ease to keep my hair straight. Then when I started to embrace it for what it was, it was just kind of like, okay, we'll figure it out. So I feel like once I had more of the moments of ease is when I started to have more fun and enjoy the seasons for what they are. Because in the summer, you know, in the summer, your hair is going to do summer stuff, which is, you know, if it's humid, then it's just going to be humid. Embrace that. And when it's cold out. So right now it's or today, rather, it's November 17th and the weather is crisp here in Atlanta and when the weather is crisp, what does my hair do? Whatever that is. Embrace embrace the season for what it is. Embrace what comes as it comes and have fun. So that's my number six. So as we transition to number five, outsource, friend. What you do not know how to do, if you feel like you have the patience to learn it, okay, cool. Go learn it from someone who is doing it in the way you want to learn it. So number five, outsourcing, aligns really, really well with number nine about like getting trims on a cadence. And what comes up for me with outsourcing is paying professionals to do just that. 
do things that number one, I don't want to do, or two, things I don't know how to do well, and also use that as a learning opportunity to learn something new, number 11, so that I can add to my toolbox of like strengthening my confidence in my self-care journey. So like the memory that came to mind was my, or one of my appointments with Shar, where she taught me how to do a twist out. I outsourced, I paid a professional for something that I once not, I for something that I once thought I knew how to do well. I learned how to do it better. And I learned it from someone who has experience doing it with multiple hair types, where they, they can guide me to learn how to do it in a way that works for me. So like, think of the time that you save when you pay someone or you learn from someone, regardless of how you get the information. But when you learn from someone, something that you don't know how to do, you save so much time, so much time. So number five, outsource. Number four, unlearn, 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 unlearn. And I think that in order for you, well, I'll share for myself. In order, what would help me get to a space where I was able to let go and unlearn of things that weren't helpful was that I had to learn to be present. And learning to be present requires that you pay attention to things that once felt normal for you. And as I reflect on like, just even saying the word normal, because then it's like, well, what exactly is normal? Um, What comes to mind is like, when we transition to a new season, phase, whatever is happening in life, we don't really know what, what we need to stop doing until something comes about that disrupts that thought or disrupts that idea or that notion that like, this is something to keep doing. So in order for you to even slow, in order for you to even know what to address, there has to be an intentional slowing down so that you can pay attention and, and, and be in a, in a space of curiosity to even question why things are the way they are or to make room for an other, whatever the other looks like for you. So learning to slow down, learning to pay attention can help you and has absolutely helped me in remaining from a place of curiosity so that I can continue to grow in my natural hair journey. An example that comes to mind is, um, of course, when I stop relaxing my hair. <clears throat> well, not relaxing my hair is a more obvious example. And I say obvious because it was just drastically different. So like learning that I didn't have to keep a shower cap and like uh, an extra head wrap in my bag or unlearning that was big. Um, unlearning that like I didn't need to have my edges slicked every time like I would go out to a function. Um, there was just so much obvious unlearning from the beginning. But I would even say something more subtle was recently. So over the summer of 2021, I got um, purple braids and i remember for a really long time i've been thinking about and i'm i did a a podcast episode on this it's probably episode number 19 but it's called purple braids and in that podcast episode i go into more detail of like what came up for me but this was recent this was in 2021 and even with all of this knowledge even with all of this experience there was still unlearning to to be done And the unlearning for me at the time was like, because I remember having purple braids and I'm working um, full time again 
and going to work feeling like, well, if I dress down, I won't look professional. And it's just like, who told you that? Where, where is this coming from? And what do we need to do to unlearn this dated information? Because you are so capable and you are so professional, purple hair or not. And it's like, intellectually, I knew this, but how my body was responding, it was almost like, no, don't wear that. Wear this so that you look more put together. Like, so conditioning is real and unlearning is in, is a continuous pro- process. Um, the more aware you become, the more there is to uncover and you'll find that there is more to unlearn. So unlearning. That's number four. Number three, eat a balanced diet. What you eat matters. And I want to spend some time here because one of the things that really helped me learn this lesson was like not not taking shortcuts, right? So like the focus initially was I want to grow out my relaxer. I want to grow long and healthy hair. And like, I'm spending all this money on hair appointments or like trying out different stylists at the beginning, all of these hair products, Ooh, so many hair products, um, buying things myself so I can try. And sometimes, you know, it worked, sometimes it didn't, but it generally speaking, like I'm, I'm doing all of these things to my hair and I'm not looking or wasn't looking at the time at just the overall, overall health of my being overall health of my mind, overall health of my body. And like when we think of the body, or rather when I think of the body, what comes to mind is food. It's like, okay, well, what exactly are you eating? How much of, like, are you getting enough of what you need to achieve your overall health? And earlier on in my natural hair journey, I remember there was this time where like natural hair or pills for like hair growth or like growing strong nails like got really really popular and I I joined the bandwagon I'm not gonna lie um and my hair did grow but also hair in other parts of my body grew too so for me what it felt like and what I learned in that season was um because initially I started off with like biotin pills And like the reality is that you're probably not biotin deficient. Follow up with your physician, your primary care provider, and like, I don't know, have have discussions with them about those kinds of supplements. But for me, it was like, the reality is that I probably was not biotin deficient. So here I am introducing more or an excess of something that I probably don't need. And I wasn't getting results that I needed either. So like, I really had to, so I, I stopped taking that, the biotin, the hair supplements, and I got more intentional about like what I was eating. Um, so I'm not going to give food advice on like what you should and shouldn't eat, but I, I encourage you to look that up for yourself and eat the foods that number one, feel natural to the diet that you um, are wanting to have for yourself, but are also rich in the nutrients that is necessary to grow um, healthy hair for yourself. So Eating a balanced diet that exists in nature is the the most loving thing that we can do for our bodies is give it foods that are easy to break down. So that's that. That's number three. Number two, drink water, sis. (laughs) Drink water 
and deep condition. I feel like this is so essential. We talk about all this moisture that we want our hair to retain, or I'll say that I've been talking about all this moisture that I want my hair to retain. And there was a point in this lifetime where I was not hydrating my body in the way I should have. Drink water, drink water, drink water, drink water, drink water. And deep condition. Um, so the, a rule of thumb for me, um, during the summer months, I feel like I, well, for the most part, I decondition like at least twice a month. But in the winter, it's weekly for me. And I feel like consistently doing that and learning learning that there were seasons where I didn't have to do it as often and seasons where I should be doing it more often has helped me retain hair length overall. But specifically in this past year, it has really, really helped me because now I figured it out. I figured out what works for me in a way that feels in alignment and in alignment for this season because you know, next season my needs will be different. And as those needs change, how I address them changes. And this is the beauty of getting into the practice of active unlearning and being open to the possibility of new things that you can learn. Because regardless of whatever the change is, you're going to be able to adapt in a way that doesn't feel like, oh my goodness, I'm having, I'm having to start from scratch. And it's like, well, technically, no, you're really starting from experience. And I feel like these are the things that I've, these are the the lessons that have been so fruitful in my life because they're, they've also been applicable to other areas. Which leads to number one. What is number one? <laughs> patience. Number one is patience. I remember early on in my natural hair journey, um, I, just, I romanticized how I was going to get to where I am right now. And it's just like, oh, you know, I'm going to just stop relaxing my hair. The relaxer will grow out. Um, my natural hair will grow. And this is the texture that it's going to be. <laughs> the audacity, right? Like, yeah, it's going to be this texture, whatever that is for you. Um, you know, I'm, I'll rock that for a bit. When I get tired of it, I'll cut it, you know, maybe get some color. I just had this um, blueprint for how it was supposed to be. And... What I learned is that, number one, it, it definitely wasn't that. I would say the significant lesson there is that because it wasn't what I initially thought it would be, I'm thankful for the curiosity that kept me present so that I can keep trying. Because when, when I was able to celebrate small wins, whatever those wins were at that time for me, I would say to myself, like, I just need to be patient. And then it's like, oh, okay. So what it felt like essentially is that the universe was like, oh, okay, you want to be patient? You want to learn to be patient? Opportunities, multiple opportunities, an abundance of opportunities came my way where I had to practice how to be patient. And I'll say this, it has not been easy. <laughs> it hasn't. It hasn't been easy, but it also hasn't been impossible. So patience to me has been the number one gift in this entire journey. Because in pausing, I've been able to see things from multiple angles. And I've allowed myself the opportunity to process the emotion that I have, whatever that emotion is in that moment, so that I have then the, the opportunity to discern 
and behave in a way that feels more in alignment than reacting to a situation that may not be helpful or beneficial to me at any given time. So I hope that you enjoyed. Well, let me recap. Look at me jumping ahead of myself. So let's recap the list. So the 14 things that I've learned in the past 14 years of having natural hair, number 14 is to celebrate the wins. Number 13, um, protective styles help, but remember to protect your hair underneath. Um, Number 12, surround yourself with people that embrace you and the goals, the hair goals that you have for yourself, people that speak life into the space. Number 11, learn new stuff, remain a student. Number 10, follow a seasonal hair regimen. So summer, spring, fall, winter, you know, the warmer months, cooler months. Number six, get trims on a cadence, whatever that looks like for you. So quarterly is what I follow for the most part. For some people that might be a little bit more or a little bit less, but keep it consistent. Number eight, let it go, let it go. Dead ends, products you don't use, things you don't need, let it go and get into the habit of um, cleaning out and making room for new things. Number seven, you don't need to buy everything, sis. You really don't. You do not need to buy everything. Get what you need and build from there. Number six, have fun. Have fun, have fun, have fun. Experiment and enjoy the process. Number five, outsource. Um, Pay the people that know more than you. Surround yourself with the outthinking that outthinks you. If there is a way for you to save time, outsource. Outsource so that you don't have to, um, number one, invest the time to figure it out, but learn from the people that are already doing it well. Number four, unlearn. Unlearn. Be mindful, pay attention so that you know, you, you can you can be in a position where now you're taking inventory of, okay, now that I'm aware of it, I'm now making the, the decision on whether or not this thing stays and then going from there. Number three, eat a balanced diet. Eat foods that are found in nature <laughs> that your body can absorb the nutrients. And, you know, grow your hair from within. Number two, drink water, sis, and deep condition. That's important. Hydration. Hydration. Excuse me. Um, hydrate your body from within and also deep condition consistently. And number one, patience. Patience, patience, patience. Because I promise you, life will give you opportunities to practice. So I hope you enjoyed this episode just as much as I did recording um, shout out to 14 years of this natural hair journey. Um, I look forward to the following 14 years and all of the things I'll get to learn um, and build on like what I've learned thus far. So, and I will keep you all posted in future episodes.